As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After a disappointing loss to Denver on Sunday, the Bears are on a quick turnaround as they take the field on Thanksgiving night against the arch-rival Green Bay Packers on national TV. Can the Bears avenge their week one loss, or will Rodgers and the Pack just roll again? SB Nation's Evan Weston joins us again for the week 12 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Seven months ago, when the NFL schedule was released, this was the very first game that was made public. And here we are just a day away from it actually taking place. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 12 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Thanks for coming back. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to those here in Merca. They're celebrating the holiday and happy whatever the hell day it is for all of my friends and listeners around the world and overseas uh, and, and so on. So as I said, seven months ago when the schedule was released, the very first game that was announced was Bears at Packers Thanksgiving night. Um, and, you know, it's pretty much since then we've been looking forward to this one, and um, it's here, you know, 24, 36 hours removed from the, the game actually taking place. Um, the Bears have made tremendous progress. Uh, they don't have as many wins as we would like, but the fact that we're competitive more than anything is kind of what we wanted uh, going into the season. And here we are, the last seven games, especially uh, after the uh, debacle in, in Seattle, which was more of a, uh, an offensive uh, atrocity than anything else. But starting with the Oakland game and, and going through the Denver game this past Sunday, uh, aside from us blowing out St. Louis, every game decided by three points uh, or less. Uh, four times in that span, we've come out on top. And, um, you know, we're getting ready for a Green Bay Packer team that has – Lost three out of its last four, but uh, seemed to kind of get back on track last week against uh, Minnesota. And um, we'll be talking with uh, Acme Packing Company's uh, Evan Western, back from SB Nation. Uh, good to have him back on the show again. Uh, one of the few Packer fans that I have met that I actually enjoy speaking with. Uh, he's not constantly rubbing it in my face that uh, this matchup has uh, become a lopsided one over the last, uh, oh, 20 years uh, or so. And, uh, you know, also, you know, looking forward to this game as well. 
and um, you'll hear him talk towards the end. I ask him, how do Packer fans feel about the Bears this year? What are they noticing? Uh, you know, what are they thinking? And concern was a word that was used. And I think that's that also is progress. It's not like, ha, it's the Bears. We're going to kill them. It's not. Yeah, actually, you know what? The Bears, uh, there's a little, a little something happening over there. So we, we, we might actually have to play some football on Thursday. So we'll have to wait and see how the game will all turn out. If it's uh, going to be one of those games where my, all my knee-jerk reactions are like, you know what, dude? It's, uh, yeah, it's just not going to happen tonight. Uh, yeah, you know, Brett Favre has come out of retirement to start a quarterback, and he's thrown eight touchdown passes already. You know, is it going to be one of those nights, uh, or will it be, you know, Happy knee-jerk reactions or kind of like the Denver game where it's just close. uh, We're almost there. We're we're nipping at their heels and and so on and so forth. So I'm real excited uh, to see the game. Going to have a a belly full of of Thanksgiving dinner when I sit down to watch it on uh, on Thursday night. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to see this one. I I really am. you know the the one major disappointment about losing that game on Sunday uh, to Denver um, is is that it not so much just getting the win and Denver because we should have won the game and I, and I feel that wholeheartedly that we should have but it it was more about what it would do for the team what it would do for the team especially in a mental space that we were good enough or we are good enough to beat teams like Denver we are. Instead of being the team that is good enough to compete with Denver, but not good enough to beat them. And I think that would have been a huge, huge thing for this team, especially going into this Green Bay game. With these two games stacked on top of each other like this, you know, teams are going to be banged up. You know, probably not a whole lot of, uh, you know, hitting, if any, in practice this week. Probably a lot of shorts and shoulder pads this week, if they're even wearing pads. Uh, in practice you know a lot more mental preparation for these games uh, than actual physical uh, preparation and you know that's why it would have been just so much more of a mental thing for the Bears to to have that win even over Brock Osweiler but to be able to beat the number one defense in the league to be able to come from behind and get a win like we could have uh, on Sunday would have been far more uh, you know beneficial to the team to be at 500 basically to be able to control their own destiny between here and the end of the season you know that's great instead of having kind of their backs against the wall on, on trying to uh you know make something out of this uh before the before the year uh ends up so uh you know that was uh kind of where i'm at with that because i have no illusions about the bears being a playoff team you know we should be seven and three based on the games that you know Minnesota and Detroit should have been victories. This game against Denver most likely should have been. You know we win all three of those games. We're a seven and three team right now. That how crazy is that? But the ball bounces the other way, which is to be expected when you have a team like the Bears have right now, a young, inexperienced team for the most part, or younger, uh, I should say. And, um, you know, new regime, brand new personnel on the defensive side, new schemes, new coaches and and all that kind of stuff. We've made a lot of progress, especially from where we were a year ago at this time, you know, especially considering the embarrassment that was uh, our last trip to Lambeau, a 42 to nothing, uh, you know, halftime lead for Green Bay where most of us, I think, were absolutely floored that Tressman was still head coach in the second half after the way we played uh, in the first. So, you know. Uh, coming coming into this game, 
that that's why I was most upset, and I didn't really get to express that in the show. I just expressed anger more than anything. That's why I also like to take a day before I do the show so I can have some time to collect my thoughts. It was still a pretty fresh wound when I recorded the show on Sunday night, and the one thing that I wanted to express I didn't get a chance to, which was mentally, I think it would have been extremely beneficial to the team to know that not only can we hang with a team like that, but we can beat we can beat teams like that. So I think that would have been huge for us going into this game against uh, against Green Bay on Thursday, knowing that we beat a team that they had no answer for a couple of weeks ago. You know, when, when they played uh, Denver uh, three weeks ago, Denver took them to the woodshed and then some. 29-10 to 10 on national TV. Brett Favre, or Brett Favre, uh, Rodgers had one of his worst games ever, you know, in that game. And, um you know, the Bears did not have a game like that against Denver. It was a far more competitive, down-to-the-wire uh, football game than they had. Um, you know, so th- they have that going for them. You know, they know that they were able to hang a lot better with uh, Denver than Green Bay did. And, you know, but it just would have been so much more better, beneficial to the team had they been able to get that victory, to have that, to sweep the AFC West, going into this game with Green Bay, knowing that they can beat a top-tier team in the NFL if they play if they play right, if they play perfect. Well, not, you know, perfect, but, you know, if they play well enough, they can, they can beat a team like that. Uh, and, um, you know, but they didn't pull it off, so that's still kind of out there. So Green Bay has to be that team then because we don't face another team like this for the rest of the season. We got Minnesota in about three weeks uh, or so. Um, it's probably our toughest game. Uh, to close out the last five, but we're not going to play an elite level team for the rest of the year after this. So this is an important victory uh, or important game for the Bears to get a victory in as far as going forward, not just through the rest of the season, but going forward, period. Knowing we can beat Green Bay is going to be huge going forward instead of just always being their little stepbrother in the division uh, since Green Bay kind of took hold, you know, years ago. So uh, anyway, um, going into this, uh, you know, despite it being a very short week, we got a lot of news to talk about. Um, some very interesting, a very interesting roster move uh, on on Monday when the Bears uh, they cut uh, they they waived Jimmy Clausen, they let him go, and even though this is a move that most of us would have liked to have seen about eight weeks ago after the Seattle game. I mean, that atrocity in the second half against Arizona, then the entire football game offensively against the uh, Seahawks. Just like, Jesus, man. If we'd have had to have Clawson against Oakland the week after that, if Cutler hadn't come back when he did, you know, can you imagine what the season would be looking like uh, right now? But, um, you know, uh, it, despite, uh, despite all that, it wasn't because Clawson wasn't playing well. It was because the Bears wanted to protect David Fales who was uh, on the team as their practice squad uh, quarterback, and uh, they promoted him to the, to, the, to the 53-man roster to protect him from being picked up by other teams who were looking at him on there because any team can sign anyone off of anyone else's practice squad. Uh, actually, I think the Bears did that with uh, Gaston, the defensive tackle, had a big sack against the Broncos uh, on Sunday. I believe he was on Green Bay's practice squad, and the Bears signed him uh, to their roster. So that's just one example of, of something like that uh, happening. The Bears didn't want to let Fails uh, get away, so they went ahead and signed him to the roster. Jimmy Clausen was waived and actually picked up by one of the teams that was looking at David Fails, which was the Baltimore Ravens, who is offensive coordinator, is uh, you know the dummy himself, um, 
Mark Tressman. So, um, you know, some familiarity there with uh, with Tressman and um, and uh, Clawson. And uh, very well could. He's not going to step in and be the starter. Matt Schaub is going to be the starter in, in Baltimore uh, for now. But, you know, Jimmy Clawson probably still very familiar with the system that Tressman runs. You know, he was in Chicago last year, you know, and started a game last year against Detroit. Uh, you know, under that system, so probably wouldn't take him too long to uh, you know hit the books and be ready to uh, to ready to go uh, if needed uh, for the uh, for the Ravens. So, uh, in other news, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, the Bears actually drafted someone in the first round this year. That happened, uh, number seven overall. Uh, maybe you guys remember Kevin White is his name, Kevin White. Yeah, I think. That, that, yeah, that's it. Kevin Kevin White, our top pick from West Virginia, the wide receiver, um, who is um, who has been injured with a uh, well with what we thought was shin splints going into uh, training camp, and then all of a sudden blindsided to the fact that the guy had a uh, had a stress fracture in his in his uh, in his lower leg uh, the whole time, and that required surgery after he basically re-injured it uh, trying to get ready for training camp. Um, the Bears had until this week, this Monday or Tuesday, to open a a twenty one day window, a twenty one day practice window for the for the rookie to see whether or not they would keep him active for the remainder of the season. So this, I don't want anybody getting their hopes up about seeing him play against Green Bay or you know uh, anything like that. But um, the practice window is open. He has returned uh, to the team. And, you know, he's out there on the field. If anybody's noticed, the Bears have kind of been warming him up for this, um, you know, where he spent most of the year probably in Chicago uh, rehabbing and, and, and healing the uh, injury uh, and such. Lately, he's been more um, more present uh, in practice or, you know, at practice, maybe not participating with the team or anything, but he's been there and he's been on the sidelines lately i remember i saw him spotted him on the sidelines on sunday uh during the game against denver and he's been making road trips with the team which most injured players do not do um so he has actually been more present with the team i guess kind of trying to mix him in uh with the guys and and uh you know being part of the culture again uh and everything and now he is practicing and uh ryan pace setting proper expectations this time around uh, guys, honestly, is there a chance he misses the season, he asks? That's a possibility. I want to make sure we do this the right way, not rush him back. Sometimes I feel like you have to protect them from themselves. So kind of the same things they were saying before uh, in training camp where, you know, he, you know, White was frustrated. He wanted to go. He wanted to be able to get into practice and, and get things going, but they wanted to kind of slowly kind of bring him along. And unfortunately, things got aggravated uh, from there. But pretty much the same thing. We, we, we want to hold him, pull the reins back a little bit, make sure that we bring him along. The Bears are thinking big picture and not uh, immediately. As much as we could use a guy like Kevin White or the guy with the potential uh, of Kevin White with the way that Alshon has been in and out of the lineup uh, this season, we could use somebody with his similar skills uh, out there to uh, to elevate the offense and then give us that option at the wide receiver position that's been missing uh, when Alshon doesn't play. So, um, you know, don't uh, it's not a uh, you know it's not something that you can bank on seeing Kevin White, but the Bears have 21 days to figure it out, and uh, we'll see how that all happens. I mean, we've we've got 10 days after this, after this game, we've got 10 days before we play next Sunday 
at home against the 49ers on December the 6th. So we'll see what happens in that amount of time, how much progress is made, how much strength he has uh, in that leg again. And, you know, maybe we see him against the Redskins or the or the Vikings in, in, on December 20th. Maybe that's something that, that we actually do see uh, see happen. So um, I, I sent a message to, um, to Jeff Dickerson uh, at the beginning of the week uh, before the Bears announced that uh, this, uh, this was going to happen uh, for White. Um, if, um, if Alshon's status, whether he's injured or, you know, not, you know, injured or not, you know, would that affect how the bears handle Kevin white throughout the year? Like if, if we feel like he's somebody that we need, will we risk it? Will we put him out there, you know, or if does it matter if, uh, we're getting close to a playoff, you know, a, a playoff spot. I mean, that's still an outside possibility at this point. If the Bears go on a decent run, especially with how winnable the last five games are, you know, if we win four out of the last five, let's say just for argument's sake, we lose on on Thursday. So we're four and seven. We win four out of the last five. We win four out of the last five. We finish eight and eight. With the way the NFC is stacking up right now, maybe that gets us in. We'll have to wait and see. So. You know, if if that's something that we need going in, is Kevin White part of those plans or are we, you know, not going to want to mess with the chemistry of this year's team and just let it all go and, you know, hope for the best in in 2016 where he will be 1000 percent ready when the season begins and go forward from there? Or do we throw him in because he's a talented player and we need his hands and his capabilities into the playoffs or to give the offense a boost going into the final games of the season? A lot to think about, so uh, we'll see if, if uh, Jeff can get back to me on on uh, on that one. And then finally, just in overall injury news, um, you know the Bears have only practiced one day uh, so far. Yesterday on Tuesday, uh, looks like we'll be without Antrell Roll uh, again. Uh, he hurt himself in practice last week on Friday of all days. That's why he went down and wasn't available for the Denver game. Um, but you know the big news there is. Uh, Matt Forte, ready to go, or so he says. He says he's ready to go. Probably could have played against Denver, although I doubt it would have been much of a difference, uh, to be honest with you, with the way that they were playing, um, you know, the way they handled uh, Jeremy Langford. I don't see Matt Forte being able to do much much more in that particular area. The Denver was just suffocating. They tackle really, really well. They don't miss tackles with defense, so I, I don't think it would have been much of a much of a much more of a boost than an emotional one uh, with him playing on on, on uh, Sunday. But he'll be ready to go. Uh, it says Alshon Jeffrey, Pernell McPhee, and Martellus Bennett. Um, Jeffrey's still nursing the groin, so the shoulder injury is off the list. Uh, Pernell McPhee still nursing the knee injury, and Martellus Bennett with the ribs uh, on Sunday were limited in Tuesday's uh, workout. But you know, probably not going to be much of a workout. Uh, wide receiver uh, Eddie Royal and Kadeem Carey, who left the game on Sunday with a concussion, did not participate in practice on uh, Tuesday. So we'll uh, wait and see what happens today in practice on uh, Wednesday. Probably have a light walkthrough before they hop on a bus and get on up to uh, Green Bay or a very short charter flight, I'm sure, is more likely the case and how they'll travel. But, um, you know, um, yeah, so we'll wait and see what happens with the uh, with the with the guys and, and who shows up to play on on Thursday. I, I think we'll be more at full, more towards full strength than than we've been, uh, and uh, we'll see how that all uh, shakes out uh, on uh, on Thursday. So 
that's pretty much it. Um, so we're going to go ahead and uh, bring Evan Western in. We're going to have a conversation with him. We talked to him on Monday night, uh, so we're still a couple of days removed from when we had the conversation. Nothing really has changed other than the Kevin White situation and the fact that we know Matt Forte is 99% sure he's going to play uh, on Thursday. Pretty much everything else uh, still the same. So we'll talk to uh, Evan Western, then I'll come back in after that, give my thoughts on what the Bears need to do to win this game uh, on Thursday or my feelings and thoughts on the situation, and then we'll wrap this thing up and uh, get ready for Turkey Day. So now it's time for Evan Western talking Bears and Packers, week number 12 on Thanksgiving night. All right, and here we are. We we welcome back Evan Western from Acme Packing Company on SB Nation to talk about the Bears and the Packers the second time around. And Evan, I got to tell you, this is one. I mean, not only do we have to have it because we're four and six, and we lost that game last week against the or earlier this week, I should say, against the the Broncos. But um, as you know, as we talked about last time, if you guys win this time. We're all knotted up in the series, and we're basically zero zero from you know starting into into 2015. This is one we got to have because we can't uh, we can't let you have the series back. <laughs> yeah, thanks thanks for having me back. And this is a this is an exciting game for for Packers fans, obviously with Favre's jersey retirement going on, um, the big photo op that they're doing with uh, Bart Starr being back in town for the game. Um, you got you know all, all three of the quarterbacks going to do a little little something at halftime too. It sounds like so. You know, we're certainly pumped up, and then uh, obviously evening evening up the series, like you said, or, or the possibility of doing that is is that's probably I'm sure going to be more on the fans' minds than the players. But it's it's something fun for us that uh, to, to hopefully look forward to, to to try to do that this week. Yeah, because it's you know it's like twenty something years in the making that uh, you guys have been slowly but surely chipping away at that big lead the Bears had built, mm-hmm. um, especially over the '80s when the Packers were, you know not very good at all and the bears say it, were say it they were terrible yeah they they were pretty <laughs> awful uh they were pretty awful it was uh it was an entertaining weekend whenever the bears were playing the packers i don't think we lost the game in the 80s until like 89 when Mikowski and the uh the the asterisk game that that ditka likes to you know that's still in the media guide by the way the asterisk next <laughs> I, to the instant replay that. game i i did know that actually i yeah I seeing that earlier this year that is still in the media guy. That has not changed in the 26 years since that game took place. Ditka has, uh, you know, still has enough sway to have that uh, that asterisk in there, and it's, it just says instant replay game is, is all it says for the for the asterisk. But uh, you know, we pulled out ahead quite a bit in in the, in the lead, and uh, thanks to Favre and and Rogers and company over the last two plus decades, uh, you guys have slowly chipped away, and you're one game away from tying tying the damn thing and it just uh it makes me sick to even think about it evan it really does uh, I'm, I'm excited and, and you know obviously for, for us we're hoping that we pull it off on thursday well this was the very first game number one that the nfl announced when they were talking about the schedule uh in the spring so in, in a big way this has been the game that most people most bear fans packer fans have probably been looking for uh forward to even before we found out it was brett Favre or jersey night or or anything uh like that you know bears and packers on prime time that's going to draw in even casual fans just because it is the oldest rivalry uh in in the league 
um, you know, a lot of history and, um, you know, at, at times a lot of bad blood between the two teams and, and everything. And um, especially this time, this time around with the Bears, a brand new coach and John Fox, a brand new regime, really starting to get their feet under them now. They just can't quite close the deal on a consistent basis, unfortunately. And you got Green Bay who lost three in a row before finally winning one yesterday against the uh, against the Vikings. So, I mean, I was saying on my show, if there was a time where we need to play Green Bay, this is the time. Because a month ago I'd have been like, that's the last thing I want to do right now is play Green Bay on national TV. But after the three-game stretch you guys had and then finally coming through yesterday, you know, what's, what has been going on with, with the three-game skid? Is there, like, a main reason for it? Has it been a pick-your-poison kind of thing? Or, you know, what, what, what was the, the cause of the three-game skid? Well, fundamentally, the issue has been that the offense has not been functioning to the level that we've expected out of, out of a Packers offense, especially an Aaron Rodgers-led offense over the last several years. And some of the signs for that go all the way back to um, before the bye week, the the 49ers game, the Rams game, the, the Chargers game, all those, you know, those were three games that we won, but the offense didn't really perform particularly well. And I think part of it is that um, with, without a deep threat and Jordan Nelson, without that guy that Rodgers always has that, that ESP, that kind of weird, you know, connection with, um, he, he doesn't have that guy at this point. And defenses are challenging the Packers to throw the ball in ways they haven't done in the past. And, and a lot of that is because the receivers haven't been doing a good job getting separation. And you're seeing a lot more press man schemes run against the Packers. Um, you're seeing a lot more single high safety. Um, they're, they're bringing a safety into the box to, to stop the run, and they're actually forcing um, forcing Rodgers to, to beat him with the arm. And, and over that three-game stretch, um, you ran into obviously, you know, two two of those two of those losses. You lose to Denver, you lose to Carolina, both of them on the road. Those are those are games that you know you you can't feel bad about losing to those those teams in those situations. But right. it's the way that they played, especially in that Denver game. Man, they, you know, Rodgers had what seventy seven passing yards, I think, in that game, and he he was just hit hard every play. It seemed like, and and the secondary was just snuffing everything out and. And then, you know, you go to Carolina and you lose a couple of defensive backs for that game and Cam Newton's throwing the ball all over the place and, and torching that defense. Well, at least it looks like that the defense is, is pretty much back healthy and they put up a great game against Minnesota yesterday. Um, the pass rush was back. They did a terrific job bottling up Adrian Peterson. So that, that's a big plus. And you got actually some success in the running game, which I think, um, open things up for Rodgers a little bit in the passing game. He was able to uh, find James Jones for a few big plays, get a get a big pass interference penalty late in the first half to set up a, a touchdown. And so I think you're starting to see Rodgers' timing come back a little bit. And I think so much of that is going to be dependent on making sure the running game continues to have success, get into you know decent down and distance situations on second and third downs. Um, you know, the, the, it was so big to pick up five or six yards on first down this week and, and set up second and five, second and four, instead of second and 11 situations after you lose a yard on first down. So um, it, it's really been the offense has been the biggest culprit over the last several games and, and in that three-game losing streak. Um, and, and that's just not something we're used to, to saying in Green Bay. Right, and, and to hear you say that the defenses are challenging Rodgers to throw the ball just seems kind of unfathomable uh, to me. Like, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's, it's, 
it's one of those uh you know the, the uh, that idea is crazy enough it just might work <laughs> kind of thing you know it just that's that's the that's what instantly came to mind when i thought of that it was like that's crazy enough it just might work you know how about if we attack the running game and force aaron Rodgers to throw the ball it's like that's genius let's try that <laughs> and you know he's only thrown for four thousand yards eight years in a row i mean what could happen so you know it that's it, it's crazy that it went down that way so I got to ask you, what the hell happened last week against Detroit? I mean, <laughs> really. I mean, at Lambeau, they haven't won since Reagan was president. And, you know, that, that's what – I mean, like, literally has not won when that was Bush. It was Bush. Actually, it was Bush, 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 uh, Bush senior. senior. Yeah. But, uh, you know, practically Reagan. I mean, come on, man. What the hell happened that weekend? I, I don't have an explanation for that game. <laughs> I, I wish I did. And, and Detroit's defense has been so bad, too. And everybody thought, all right, this is the week we're going to get it going again. This is the week when um, the receivers are going to start being able to separate a little bit. Rodgers is going to get uh, get back to normal. And they came out and they looked as bad as they ever have. And I, I'm not normally one to blame the refs. I, I you know, I, I, I'd like to, to think that I'm in general above that. But there were a lot, uh, there was a lot of contact um, from the Lions secondary and the Packers receivers. A lot more than you usually see get, you know, get away without getting flagged. And right. I think that, you know, I, don't, I don't know if they scouted the refs and knew that they'd have kind of a lenient crew or what, but I think that really, uh, you know, was another example of using a lot of this press man. Um, they're, they're really being physical with the Packers receivers, and that just didn't let them get any separation at all. And uh, that, that was, I think, the biggest thing that, that Rodgers has, has struggled this year um, in his mechanics um, in ways that we haven't seen in a while. Um, since really since he was a rookie and is he hurt or I mean has he been nursing something or I mean because that just doesn't sound like Aaron Rodgers no it doesn't and and it, he did show up on the injury report for the first time this week he was limited last Wednesday with a, a shoulder issue and McCarthy admitted this week after the, that Lions game that, that Rodgers was banged up but he wouldn't really get into any more details than that so I don't know if it's necessarily something that's that's serious enough that that it should be affecting his mechanics I mean that I don't know if you saw that touchdown he threw to James Jones in the second half of the game against the Vikings yesterday, but that was vintage Rodgers. I mean, putting it on a dime, um, letting his receiver kind of lay out for it, make a great catch along the sideline in the end zone. That that's more what we're accustomed to seeing, and and the fact that he was able to um, to come up with a couple of those throws yesterday, I think that's a, a really good sign for this Packers offense moving forward. So, what has been the story with Eddie Lacy? uh this year because um you know is is it that i mean because he looks a little chubby this year to be honest with you i mean is he has he just put on did he just put on too much weight is it mean is he is he was he hurt during the off season is he nursing something that that green bay is not talking about i mean what's the story because I mean, aside from him you know kind of re-emerging yesterday you know eddie lacy has not looked like himself and he got himself benched going into the minnesota game yeah, Lacey's been dealing with a bunch of injuries so far in the season, and I think this last this last week was getting that week off against Detroit, um, and then coming back uh, you know, coming back this week fresh. I, I think he's as healthy now, especially you know he he he, he I think he, he had definitely his best game of the year yesterday. I think he, he finally hit a hundred yards, which he hadn't done all season long, and I think it's just having some fresh legs for him, and. Um, you know, being able to kind of get through the the nagging injuries that he's had all season long. He's dealt with ankle stuff. He's dealt with groin issues. Um, it's all over the place. And and the weight thing is something that's been really 
widely talked about in Green Bay this year, and it's it's tough because you know he said in the media, you know, I, I haven't missed any weigh-ins, I haven't been told by anybody in the organization that I'm overweight, um, but you know it's it's obvious that he's playing at a weight that's heavier than what he's listed at. I mean, they yeah, when you're uh, when you're a running back, you're not supposed to have a muffin top. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he's he's probably you know to 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 my eye, my guess is he's in the two forty five, two fifty range. And I mean, he came out of college; he was listed at two thirty, and so mm-hmm. you know, and and even McCarthy admitted that that Lacey's heavier than he was last season. So I don't know if that's if that's really affecting him. I think the fact that he was able to to get twenty three, twenty four carries yesterday, um, he was able to kind of help wear down that uh, that Vikings defense. Um, I think that's a good sign for him going forward. He's the kind of guy who he he continues to get better as the game goes on, as he get gets more carries, and he's been that way. He's been that kind of back all all his, all of his career, and so um, it was nice to see the Packers stick to the running game. Um, it was nice to see him get get a a nice bounce back game finally, and and really play like the Eddie Lacy that we've seen in the last several years. So you know you you started off the year. You know, six and zero. Everybody's talking. Here comes the pack again. You know, they're 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 uh, you know just plugging along. I mean, even though they played some some tighter games against uh, you know the Forty ers and Rams teams that they you know usually would have run away laughing. Then the five hundred yard game against um, Philip Rivers uh, at San Diego, where they they had a chance to at least tie it uh, in the game. Is is that where the is that where we started to see the cracks before the the, the losing streak or because um, you know Denver exploited you guys more on the run than really through the air. Um, even after this is a week after or two weeks after uh, Philip Rivers put up 500 passing on the on the defense. Yeah, I, I, on offense it definitely started to show um, in that 49ers game. Um, they, they really couldn't get anything going, and and it was the fact that the defense played really well. Uh, I mean, the special teams gave them a couple of uh, short fields. That 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 was that was why they were able to. to uh, to beat San Francisco by a couple of scores, and then uh, they got a nice pick six against St. Louis that helped out. And and I don't necessarily know what what the issue is with as far as the um, as far as the defense because you mentioned it. I mean that they get torched through the air by Rivers one week. Two weeks later, they come back and it's Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson killing us on the ground. And then we go out to um, Carolina and it's it's the same thing. We get beat through the air again. So. It's it's one of those things where you know Dom Keeper's defenses are always a little, I mean they're very turnover reliant. Um, they've always been that way, and, and when he doesn't get in a situation where he he can have his pass rushers pin his ears back, um, if he's in close games or or you know if he's in behind in the in the game where the the opposing team is um, is really using the run game heavily, that's when his defenses really kind of struggle and get into trouble. And I think that's kind of what it is is. He, you know, that Dom Capers defense needs to play with a lead in order to be as effective as it possibly can. And you saw that this week against Minnesota. Um, you know, once we got the that touchdown late in the first half, um, extended it out to a, I think it was a 10-point lead at that point, um, and then came out and, and got a field goal uh, to start the second half. You know, now you're up two scores. Um, you know Minnesota's going to be throwing the ball, and that's when you can just let all those pass rushers that the Packers have um, just focus on one thing, and that's getting to Teddy Bridgewater, and, and that's when when they're most effective um, as far as as a defense as a whole. 
So you think that it's that it's possibly a, a scheme thing that it's past one week run next week and 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 so on that it keeps kind of rotating back and forth on the defense. I think that could be it. Um, like I said, they they had some injuries that they were dealing with in in Carolina, so I'm I'm more inclined to chalk that one that performance up to to having a couple of their their top corners out. Um, like I said, everybody's healthy back this week, and and I'm hoping that um, that everything kind of gets gets straightened out um, in time for for Thursday as, as far as any of the nagging injuries that, that we came out of with uh, that Minnesota game. I think the only one on defense is Micah Hyde. He, he had to leave the game with a hip injury. Um, and so we'll see where, where he's at. But, um, but yeah, they should have pretty much the full complement of players on defense, which should bode well for, for Thursday, at least for the, the defense's performance. So just to touch on the offense one last time, um, the offensive line, I, I've been noticing this year that more than usual Aaron Rodgers has been getting hit a lot. Yep. Um, it's not just like where he has, you know, the O-line has one bad game where Rodgers takes some shots and then the rest of it is, you know, Rodgers will always come away with the clean jersey. It seems to be kind of a regular thing that, you know, maybe in some games more than others, but it's it's becoming a regular thing that Rodgers is, is under fire uh, a bit more this year than, than usual. Are, are you guys playing healthy? Or are you missing people that haven't really been keeping track of your injury list this year? Yeah, it's been pretty much the same starting five for – for the entire season and, and guys have been a little bit banged up. Um, you know, our two guards sitting and laying, they've both showed up on the injury report the last couple of weeks with, with little nagging injuries, but they've been practicing, they've been playing. Um, they haven't really been limited by that. What's been, what's really been a, a struggle is, has been the play of the tackles. Um, Bakhtiari and Balaga have both struggled at times, um, at least with, with just being consistent. Um, Bakhtiari has taken a lot of penalties this year. He's had a couple of bad holding penalties, um, and you almost you almost look to see on, on just about every drop back at this point. Um, you're kind of surprised when both tackles hold up well in pass protection at the same time. Um, it seems like there's always a, a, a rusher who's coming free from one side or the other, and Rogers has to step up in the pocket and avoid the guy, or he ends up taking a hit, something like that. Um, the one thing that I'm concerned about this week. Or, or would be concerned about was the fact that Corey Lindsley, our starting center, went down early on in the game on, on Sunday, um, and he ended up sitting out for the rest of the game. But it was a really nice performance by J.C. Treader in relief of Lindsley. He played great um, in for the last three quarters or so of the game. So I think that's something that can't be undersold is that at least at the center position, it looks like the Packers have some depth, which is great because uh, we're, we don't really know what Lindsley's status is going to be for Thursday yet. But yeah, it's it's the same guys out there that we had last year that were so good for the entire season, um, for whatever reason, and and maybe it is just the, the little nagging injuries, but they just have not played up to the standard that they set a year ago. Yeah, because like I said, I've I've been noticing that uh, there have been a lot of uh, hits on on Rodgers, and and I was kind of chalking it up to the defenses you guys have been playing, especially lately i mean even the rams have an, a solid defense the the broncos the you know the vikings are good at getting after the passer uh you haven't played the cardinals yet but um you know the seahawks you know the bears are better in, in pass rush and things like that but it's just you know i kind of noticed that that rogers was taking more of a beating than he has uh in years past so i was kind of wondering what was going on with the with the offensive line so um uh, just gonna start to wrap things up here looking at the the last five games let's look past the the bears uh this this thursday you got the lions at detroit actually you got those back-to-back thursday games good luck with that yeah well at least detroit is in the same boat there so 
Yeah, yeah. Because um, the Bears did that last year, and it sucked. It really <laughs> did. Um, I mean, granted, they got a full week's rest between those Thursday games, but you're talking two consecutive Sundays without your team mm-hmm. playing. That can make for a very long weekend during the football season. We are watching a bunch of teams you don't care about play football on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but you have the you have those back-to-back Thursday games. You're home for the Cowboys, which should be interesting because – with Romo coming back, you really don't know who you're going to get now at this point. Then you have the the Raiders on the road in Oakland at uh, Arizona. Then you close out the year at home against the uh, Vikings. It's an interesting stretch you guys have to close out the year. It is. And the one game that stands out to, to us there is that Cardinals game. I mean, they yeah. they look they look really good. Um, and I was I was breaking it down today and, and sitting the game back of Arizona – uh, for that second seed, it looked the Packers actually control their their own destiny for a uh, for a playoff buy at this point because of that that head to head game against Arizona in, in Week 16. Um, so in in theory, yeah, you win out, you you get the second seed, and, and you you get a week off. Um, uh, obviously, that's a little uh, little early to start thinking about that, but um, I think the rest of those games, Packers fans feel fairly fairly good about. Um, you, know, you don't see any any matchups that really jump out at you as, as being bad matchups for this team. Um, the Dallas game will be interesting, like you said, with Romo back. Um, that's that's kind of up in the air. I want to see how they play the next next week or two before we you know really make any judgments there. Um, sure. Oakland has looked good at times, but right. you know they they just can't seem to put it all together for a couple weeks at a time. So yeah, they're they're very streaky. Yeah, uh, exactly. the Raiders. Um, that they're kind of interesting. They are they are much improved. I will say yes. that, but they're they are definitely streaky. They're they showing their age as far as mm-hmm. uh, coming along as a team. They're they're uh, and and actually kind of like the Bears, who can't quite seem to put it together week in and week out. The last seven games we played, we've lost three of them by less than three points in each one of those games. We lost by two yesterday, three to Minnesota, three to Detroit. You know, we're in every single game, which is great in the end until we finally lose it. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that Arizona Cardinal game. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. I think maybe that's the week that the NFL doesn't flex the games, but if there was a week that they would do it, that would definitely be it. Yeah, I, I don't remember what the Sunday night game is that week. I want to say it's a good matchup, and, and I just can't think of it off the top of my head, but – um, so, so we may end up sticking with the, the late afternoon time slot, but, but yeah, that's a, that's definitely a good candidate. Let's see here. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's Pittsburgh, Baltimore. It looks like that's, yeah, that's, oh, that's game. so yeah, flexed. that one's good and gone. There, there's no that's, that one's around. getting flexed. Yes. The, I guess <laughs> the only chance there is if, you know, is if Fox decides they want to hold on to that Packers Cardinals game. Yeah, they do have the right to reserve, don't they? Yeah, I'm not sure how many they've, they've protected so far. So that'll be interesting. I, I could definitely see us getting. Um, getting shifted to NBC with that one. That that should definitely have some some big seating uh, implications in the NFC. Yeah, especially week sixteen yep. of the season. I mean, that's you know right on the precipice of everything. So, okay, um, you know, last question. Just you know, from a Packers perspective, how are the Bears looking to you this year? I mean, because I was very pleased with how the game. Obviously, I wasn't happy that we lost, but I was very pleased with the fact that when we played Week One. You guys had to earn everything that you got. It wasn't one of those where the Bears kept tripping over themselves and just gave away the game or, you know, let Rodgers do his thing while we just basically sat there and watched, especially like we did in Sunday Night Football last year. I still have nightmares about <laughs> that game. But, um, you know, how how did the Bears looking to a Packer fan, you know, just kind of watching them 
be who they are this year? Well, I'll tell you, they, they are a lot more dangerous than I think most Packers fans expected. Um, I think everybody looked at the way they played last year and, and you know, the fact the, the various personnel changes and things and, or, or lack thereof in some instances and thought, you know what, this team isn't any better than it was a year ago and we should be able right. to dominate these guys you know, on opening week and then on Thanksgiving night. Um, and not really have to think twice about it. And I, I do think that first game kind of opened everybody's eyes a little bit. That okay, maybe this this John Fox Adam Gase offense, you know, maybe that's going to be a good fit for Cutler. And I think you've seen that over the last couple of weeks is their offense is really starting to click a little bit. Um, yeah. I didn't get a chance to really watch any of the game yesterday, so I didn't. I haven't, I haven't really checked out to see how how they performed against Denver. But then again, Denver's defense is really freaking good. And yeah. everybody's going to struggle against them. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 concerned. Um, that that's the word I'll use for Thursday. I'm concerned. I'm I'm confident that um, that with with everything going on, that that the Packers will will you know will show up with their A game. But um, I am concerned that if if they make uh, a couple of, of big mistakes, the Bears definitely have the the talent, the ability, and the the scheme to to make them pay for it. And so I, I, I'm certainly not uh, coming into this game as as confident as I was before week one, that's for sure. Right, right. You know what, I will take that. <laughs> I will definitely take that because uh, you're one of the more level-headed Packer fans that I've gotten to know. Um, the ones that I have out here in the Quad City area, we're right here on the Iowa-Illinois uh, border. So this is kind of a, a melting pot of fan bases because we're three hours west of Chicago. We're about four or five hours from Green Bay. We're about three, four hours from St. Louis. We got Minnesota fans uh, and everything. So there's no one solid allegiance here. It's a Chicago market, but the Packers are here, the Vikings, you know, pretty much just about everybody you could think of. And unfortunately, the Packer fans that I know in this area are real dickheads. Um, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're the ones that uh, always remind me that the Bears lost to Green Bay yesterday. But they're also the ones that you can't find anywhere if the Bears beat Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of a sudden, you know, I remember I, I put on Facebook once when when they beat the when we beat guys in, in 2013, when, when Rogers went down and I said that uh, all of the excuses my Packer co- co-workers are throwing around are making for an unsafe work environment <laughs> is what I is what I put just because there was one excuse after another. Not that, you know, hey, we didn't play with our starting quarterback. Yours went down. So it was kind of even after that and we won the game so it just you know you can't give it to us that we beat you guys it's like no 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 it was rogers and this and that and so on you know anyway so i'll take concern i, I definitely uh, will take that there's nothing there's no cockiness or arrogance going like ah this is gonna be a cakewalk or anything uh, like that which is probably how a lot of people felt going into uh the game so my my one big thing about when we hired john fox was that i felt for years i have felt anyway that Mike McCarthy has outcoached Lovey and Tressman mm-hmm. game in and game out. There's always kind of been something where it's just like that was a genius move on McCarthy's part, and it's despicable that Lovey didn't see that or that you know he couldn't figure out how to stop this or do that because the Packers just looked so overwhelmingly prepared for the Bears, and you know the Bears were constantly trying to adjust to what uh, Green Bay was doing, and I always kind of felt that with with Fox aboard, that our days of being outcoached were probably over. Yeah, I think um, there, there's definitely a healthy respect for Fox as a football coach, um, you know, both from McCarthy, from the team, from from a lot of Packers fans, um, at least a lot of the ones that I've talked to. So, um, yeah, cer- certainly not overlooking it um, this week, and and 
I'm, I'm just hoping for a for a good, entertaining game and uh, and obviously a Packers victory. You know what? At the very least, that's what I want to. <laughs> I, I want another week one is what I want. I want the Bears in it until the very end because, I you know what? I was still kind of hopeful going into that onside kick, be like, who? I wonder if these guys are getting flashbacks oh, because the last time they went for an onside kick, it cost them the Super Bowl. So, you know, I was wondering if there was anybody kind of shaking in their pads at that moment, uh, you know, when we when were drawing close there uh, towards the end. So. All right, Evan. Uh, thanks so much uh, for coming back on the uh, on the show, and um, I'm not going to say good luck because I don't want you guys <laughs> to win. So I'm just going to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, and um, you know we'll we'll figure out a reason to have you back on at the end of the year. Hey, that sounds great. Thanks again for having me. I uh, look forward to the game. Get some uh, get some turkey, get some tryptophan in us, and plop down on the couch with a couple of beers, and and hopefully watch some good football. Sounds like a plan. Evan Western from AcmePackingCompany.com on SB Nation talking Bears-Packers Week 12 on Thanksgiving night. Thanks. Go Pack Go. Ah. That sneaky Evan Western snuck that one in on me right before we wrap things up. Just before I could hit stop on recording the interview, he tosses that in there. So I thought that I would let him have that one. And that'll be the last one, hopefully, that the Bears, that we as Bear fans and we as just Bear Nation altogether, that's the last one that we let get by us. So uh, hopefully they won't be getting past us too many times uh, on Thursday or at least not getting past us and hurting us uh, on Thursday. Um you know, it was an interesting conversation that we had with Evan, especially in in how he feels or how what he, you know, how he sees teams have been attacking uh, Green Bay. That they're 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 loading up the box and forcing Rodgers to beat them, which is you know, as I said in the interview, is a an idea crazy enough it just might work kind of thing. It just doesn't seem like you would want to test the the MVP of the league, you know, to into being the guy that's responsible uh, for beating you because he's fully capable of doing it. It would be one thing if we were talking about uh, Jay Cutler, a guy that, uh, you know, as solid as he has been this year, has, has never really been a take-the-game-on-his-shoulders-and-win-it-for-you uh, kind of uh, quarterback. Uh, you know, that'd be one thing if, if we were if that's the statement that was being made against him. We're going to load the box against Forte and force Jay Cutler uh, to beat us in the passing game. That makes sense. Uh, doing that against uh, Rodgers, it just seems crazy. You know, you think it, you want you would want to drop three or you know rush three and drop eight and and make Eddie Lacy beat you uh, rather than uh, put it on uh, put it on uh, Rodgers' shoulders. So, you know, going into this game, especially after the performance we had against Denver, it really is going to be imperative that we stop Eddie Lacy or James Starks or whoever the starting running back, which one, whichever one of the two ends up playing uh, the majority of the snap. Whoever has the ball, that's the guy that we gotta, we got to get after. Um, you know, it is our, our main weakness uh, on the defensive side is, is, the, is rush defense, still probably in the lower third uh, of the league if we didn't drop uh, after we played uh, Denver, giving up 170 yards in, in that game uh, on the ground. Uh, it, it will be imperative to stop the run because if we stop the run, then Green Bay doesn't have a play action option uh, to use. Uh, you know, it, it like I said, it sounds crazy that we would want Rodgers to beat us in the passing game, but we have the number four pass defense 
in the league. So it sounds a lot more plausible that we'd be more competitive in the passing game than we would uh, on the ground. So getting after um, Rodgers, or not, not, not so well, actually getting after Rodgers would be great. You heard uh, Evan talk about how the tackles, Bakhtiari and, and Bulaga, have not been very good this year. So maybe this will be the game that we can get after uh, Rodgers, you know, kind of like we did a couple of years ago. When we knocked him out of the game. Shane McClellan's, you know, that's what's going to be on his tombstone uh, right now. Granted, McClellan's been a lot better at inside linebacker this year than he's been at anything uh, in a bear uniform. But, uh, you know, that was the game that, that his whole career would have been based on uh, had he not been able to, to turn things around uh, this year. Um, you know, getting after Rodgers, keeping him frustrated. I mean, just think back if anybody saw that Detroit game. Uh, the one thing that I thought was most telling about that game was how frustrated Aaron Rodgers appeared to be at times. I mean, not so much that you just kind of see, you know, uh, you know, the, the disappointment in his face. Like he was emotionally, you know, like yelling on, on the sidelines, on the field, screaming out loud, you know, cursing and whatnot. He was definitely, definitely frustrating. The, 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 how the season was turning out in those three games was getting to him and you could see that and that's something that um you know you've, you've never really seen from Rodgers before and, and something that I would really love as a Bear fan to see us get out of him this week because he's mentally he's out of his headspace and you know can, when you get somebody frustrated like that then all of a sudden the the whole read and react part of football um all of a sudden you start thinking about things and when you start overthinking, you're not reacting the way you should be, then you start making mistakes. And that's something that the Bears could really use is uh, a few mistakes from Aaron Rodgers or anybody wearing a Packer uniform uh, on Thursday. Turnovers are going to be huge in this game, absolutely huge. And if the Bears could generate a couple um, on defense, that would be even bigger. If we could get the ball back, and really not even so much a field position thing, just taking opportunities away from Aaron Rodgers and the offense of Green Bay, taking that stuff away from them, and giving it back to our offense, who are inconsistent as far as scoring touchdowns, but consistent enough that winning the time of possession battle really hasn't been a challenge this year for the Bears. Uh, moving the chains, not really much of a challenge uh, as it has been in the last couple of years. With the with Tressman at the at the helm, we were either, you know, 15 plays for 80 yards in eight minutes, or we were three plays for 30 seconds and punting the ball away. It was one extreme or the other. We never really had anything in between. With with Fox and Gase and, and everything this year, and Jay being much more um, reserved in his. Uh, chance taking you know choices and, and things like that uh, the Bears are much more prone to running the football uh, moving you know chewing up the clock and moving the chains from the 20 to 20 in this game as it has been broken record Larry time um, we got to get it in the end zone period we got to finish that's that's been like the one major deficiency on offense despite our consistency and being able to move the football, despite our consistency and being able to hang on to the football, you know, we've been knocked down the turnovers considerably uh, this year. But putting the ball into the end zone has been the more reason as to why we're four and six than anything else this year. Because if we could have turned, you know, half of the field goals that we've had into touchdowns, we'd have, you know, 
twice the more prolific offense than we do, and we probably have at least one or two more wins uh, on the board. So um, that's going to be extremely important uh, for the Bears, generating those turnovers to take opportunities away, get the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands uh, on on Thursday night. It's, it's going to be huge. Um, and from what I understand, the weather's going to be horrible on Thursday. Uh, here in the Midwest, we had a big snowstorm, uh, pretty much sweep the entire Midwest uh, over the uh, over the weekend. We got six inches here uh, in in the Iowa Illinois uh, you know area here in the Quad Cities. Uh, my dad um, in in uh, northern uh, Illinois, which is actually only about an hour from the Wisconsin border, so not too far uh, from Green Bay, uh, got uh, like eight to ten, I believe. So the snow is out there, but. It was like 35 on Monday. It'll be. It was 40 yesterday. It's going to be like 45. It's supposed to be 60 degrees outside uh, tomorrow. And not only that, by the time the Bears and Packers kick off at 7:30, it's supposed to still be in the 40s, but it's supposed to rain. So it's it's going to rain. So it could be a sloppy, messy game uh, on uh, on Thursday night, which is all the more reason that you'd want to number one run the football for the Bears. And number two, stop the run with Green Bay and put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' uh, hands and force him with these receivers that, you know, you heard Evan Western say he doesn't really have the same chemistry or the same ESP that he has with Jordy Nelson, uh, with uh, with uh, Jones or Cobb or uh, Levante Adams or, or Rodgers, the tight end, or, or anything like that. So he doesn't have that safety net, that that outlet that he's that he's used to having, and that that, that they had so much success with uh, when Nelson was in there. Um, so, you know, maybe that's something that we can exploit. Uh, the one thing that worries me about the pass game is the fact that um, Antro Roll is injured and not playing, and that we have uh, Prezinski, the um, the guy that we signed off of the Jacksonville Jaguar practice squad is going to start for the second week in a row. And, um, you know, we'll see how he holds up. That If I'm Aaron Rodgers, just based on his inexperience, that's the guy I'm going after uh, in the passing game. So that's something maybe you want to keep an eye on uh, on Thursday. So overall, on on offense, we, we got to finish. We got to get the ball in the end zone. Um but you know Green Bay is not so dangerous on defense that it's 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 going to be a points or a premium uh, type football game. It's just that you know we want to get more points on the board. Period. I mean, obviously you you have to score score the point. As John Fox would say, you have to score more than zero to win. And uh, you know we want to put more touchdowns uh, in. You know we want to put it more in the end zone than we want to put through the uprights. And um, you know I think that would be it would be huge for the Bears to get this game. To win this game, national TV in Lambeau and, and everything else uh, to ruin Brett Favre, returns, Jersey retirement night would just be outstanding. Uh, it really, really would. Uh, obviously, it wouldn't be outstanding for Brett Favre, but it would be really great for Bear fans uh, to have that one. And, um, you know, to have the season split, to beat Green Bay in Lambeau. Um, and, and like I said, what we could have had if we would have won the Denver game, that thought that not only can we hang with the elite in the NFL, but we can beat them. And especially, especially if the Bears can do it on the road. Um, and this is a much more different, this uh, much more at stake with this game than with the Denver game because it's the Packers. 
and it's the NFC North. It's the division. The Bears haven't won a division game yet, guys. They were 0-3 in the first uh, in the first eight games with you know losing to Green Bay, Detroit, and Minnesota. We're 0-3 in our division. We got to get some division wins. We got to make an impact here uh, in our own division. That's a huge reason why we're sitting at four and six right now. We haven't even won the games in our own division yet uh, this year. John Fox is head coach of the Bears. Week 12, still looking for his first division win. So this would be a sweet one for him to be able to kick that off with. And, um, you know, a really great way to kick off these last uh, six games where the Bears are about to enter a stretch of the schedule where um, they'll probably be favored more times than not uh, going into these last five games. So uh, it's going to be a big game on Thursday night. I am really looking forward to it, and I, I am I am hoping that the football gods will allow the Bears to be competitive in this one and not just have it be a, a, a complete and total dumpster fire from start to finish because of, you know, because it's Brett Favre Jersey retirement night and all the rest of that stuff. Let it be an even competitive game. God forbid if we have to lose, I at least want to be able to say the things that I said after week one, which was Green Bay had to earn everything that we that they got from us. Uh, we weren't we didn't give anything away. There were no same old J interceptions, no f- goofy uh, referee calls, which after the way the referees have been lately, that's something that you probably want to keep an eye on. Uh, Green Bay always tends to get those calls against the Bears, whatever those calls may be. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see, uh, we'll be back, say, let's say Saturday, we'll say Saturday, uh, for the, uh, for the review show. And then we're going to be taking some time off until the following Thursday, uh, for the preview of the bears and the 49ers. No idea what we're doing with that show because I still to this, you know, have not been able to get anybody from the, from the 49ers side, uh, to come on the show. So maybe we'll have uh, Ron Rugg back on the show to like we did with the Oakland game, and uh, we'll talk about the Bears and the 49ers and see how that's all going to go. It's mostly going to be a comedy show, that preview show, because let's just face it, it's, it's laughable what's going on in San Francisco uh, this year. So uh, anyway, that is going to do it for the Week 12 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Like I said, we'll be back over the weekend Uh, Friday at the earliest, most likely on Saturday uh, with the review show and uh, see how this thing all turned out. Was it a happy, happy Thanksgiving for Bear fans with a victory over Green Bay or was it just a happy Thanksgiving because you had a full belly surrounded by the people that you love and the Bears laid an egg on Thursday so it wasn't, didn't finish happy. So we'll have to wait and see. I am looking forward to this game and until, uh, until next time, my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.